refreshing, right? Refreshing. Sure. <laughs> so, do you have your bulletin? Do we have bulletins? I know we were having trouble. Did everybody get one? Uh, let's look at our look, look at our announcements. Um, again, envelopes in the, uh, in the offering box up front. Here's number. Um, the days of praise and asking facts are uh, here and available. Make use of those. Mirror glass, uh, coming up quick. That's in Ohio, uh, February 26th and 28th. Christian leadership, um, led by Giles Heron and Joe Kiger. Cost us $10 and it's day 7th. There is a flyer out on the help board. Um, who would be the contact person? No volunteers? Okay. Well, sometime in the next week, we'll try to find out who the contact person is. There's nothing on the page. <laughs> Does anybody know what that is? The, the scripture for meditation? Let's just read a psalm. Read a psalm. Okay. I'll get you one. This reminds me, Dr. Sproul was talking about the, the, um, the fall open method of... of, of <laughs> discerning God's will. He said, you take your Bible, you set it up like that, and you let it fall open. And wherever it falls, that's the way you should go. I'm in the beginning of Psalm, let's say Psalm 17. Let's read Psalm 17 for our meditation.
I'm waiting on you, George. <laughs> you can you can sit. I'm going to ask you to pray.
John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him was made, nothing was made that uh, has been made. In him was the life, and that life was the light of man. The, the uh, light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was set from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world it was made through him. The world did not recognize him, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is in the Father's side. He made him known. May God richly bless him.
Our scripture text this morning is in John chapter 1. John 1. Several years back, the movie by Mel Gibson called The Passion of the Christ exhibits one of the characteristics of the trilogy movies, Star Wars. I mean that the Star Wars trilogy, and some others as well, uh, begin in the middle of the story. And then later, the beginning was told, and later still, the end was told. This is not necessarily a wrong way to portray a story. The viewer is taken to the most exciting plot of the storyline. They had their in interest speak to what is known or what is coming in the rest of the story. I know that book readers often cheat by reading the conclusion of the book before they read the rest of the book. <laughs> if you're one of those, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> You've taken away all the suspense of 100 and some pages and gone to the last page. The Passion of the Christ also begins in the middle of Jesus' work, saying very little about his earlier life and ministry and only hinting at the resurrection and the afterlife. This is not all bad in itself, but it does rob the viewer of confidence. Now, without knowing what went before the crucifixion of Jesus, one hardly knows how the crucifixion occurred and the reasons for God allowing it to happen. Nor are we told the connection between Jesus' crucifixion and ordinary people. We are not told why he died, or whom he died, or even who Jesus was. Those are all vital things that we left out of that film. So in some ways, I mean, the film raises more questions about Jesus than it answers. <clears throat> well, in this Easter series that I'm going to deal with, I'm going to deal with the passion of our Lord. <clears throat> By the way, passion is used in our language to describe a number of realities heated emotions, whether sexual passion, fervor of physical love, or anger, based on strong conviction, even joy, zeal for a cause, or a task. I could say Jared is really passionate about his music. And you know that I mean by saying that, that he takes his music seriously and is dedicated to excellence. Well, the sufferings of Jesus, the Latin word for sufferings is passus, P-A-S-S-U-S. A common thread runs through all of these usages, the thread of intense life. This is no less the case in the sufferings of Christ. For it is the love of God which compelled Jesus to embrace the cross so that sinners could be reconciled to God. So we asked the question this morning, why did Jesus come to earth? And as we come to our study, 
Let's ask for the Lord's enabling. Heavenly Father, send your spirit upon us, the very spirit that inspired the words of the scriptures. We don't know necessarily all that the spiritual uh, intent is in the scriptures, but you do, and your spirit inspired those scriptures. And now we are asking that same Holy Spirit who indwells every believer to come and interpret in our hearts and minds the words that we're going to study, the scriptures that we're going to study. May Jesus be praised and blessed. And may he bless our each of us here as we come to learn of him this day. Wherever, Lord, your word is being preached today, please send your spirit of power in Christ's name. I'm asking the question this morning, why did Jesus come to earth? Now, as soon as I say come, why did Jesus come? You understand that there's an implication in that statement. Well, what's the implication? Well, if Jesus came or comes, the implication is that he existed prior to his coming. In other words, his birth is not his beginning. His birth is preceded by a prior life in another realm, not reincarnation, nothing so absurd or godless as that, but existence as one unique to all other humanity. Verse 14 puts it this way. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling with us. Became flesh. Not until 17 does John identify this one he calls the Word as Jesus Christ, but nonetheless we are told that He became flesh, which means He existed prior to His becoming. And before he made his dwelling with us. And what is implied in these latter statements of John is categorically asserted in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. That's a lot of hammering on what on orientation, isn't it? In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning. The word beginning is a time reference. Now, God is not a person of time. Time is a reference given only to the material world. We are all creatures of time, and as such we have a beginning. We're also going to have an end. There was a time when we did not exist. Notice that John does not say the word had a beginning. But rather, in the beginning was the word. And again, he was with God in the beginning, verse 1. What does this mean? Well, it means that when time began, Jesus Christ was there with God the Father. Like God, he precedes time, he precedes creation. 
You say only God is eternal. That's true. And so John says, the word was God. Mm. John's description is not accidental. He is using the language of Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, God preceded creation. God is not a creature. God is not part of the material world in which we live. God is not subject to the laws which govern matter, such as gravity, spatial orientation, physics. God is independent of all these and the creator of them. If the Word was God and was with God in the beginning, then He is eternal. And He is separate from created reality. Well, why does John keep calling Jesus the Word? The Word. I mean, it seems like a strange title. What do we know about words? I'm speaking words to you right now. What do words do regardless of the language that's being used? Well, words convey thoughts. So I'm expressing my thoughts through use of words. And if I use the correct words within their conventional meanings, and you listen to them and do not take them out of context, you can understand what I am saying. You can grasp 